Breakcore Talk, Channel Zero, No Windows, presented by PureFandom.com. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another Pure Fandom Podcast of Brad and Court Talk. I'm Brad. And I'm Court. We have reached the final room of the No End House, and it was outstanding. And congratulations, you survived. Or did you? Yay. Oh, did I, I don't remember anything. What are, we, are you really outside the house? Who are you? Are you really out? Who, who's this on? Who am I talking to? I don't remember anything. It's a whole blank space where it's, I used to be. Yeah, it's just, I see this fuzzy memory thing there. I don't know what it is. Actually, it's in new pictures. <laughs> Some new pictures. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, it was good. It was a good six episodes. I liked it. I oh, liked I can't it. believe it was only six episodes. That was like really tightly written. Like I'm, it was perfect. I'm telling you, I liked it better than Candle Cove. Oh, for straight sure. Straight up. For sure. Just straight up liked it better than Candle Cove. Uh, yeah, and if they're going to just keep getting better by season, I'm looking forward to next season also. Uh, oh, most definitely. Can't wait, can't wait. Uh, yeah. Before we jump into this, I want to remind everybody to head on over to purefandom.com. Check out all the stuff over there. A lot of great writers. There's a show or movie you love. Someone over there is writing something amazing about it. And Court, let the good people know how they can reach us. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Jindev, and he's Brad ZB. Be sure to follow at Pure Fandom as well. Just keep up to date on the latest articles that have been posted. You can also check out Pure Fandom on Facebook. And you know what else is on Facebook, B? I think we're on Facebook, aren't we? We're on Facebook a couple of times. We have our Brad and Court Talk Pure Fandom podcast, our main podcast, where we basically talk about any and everything under the sun, whether it be movies, uh, TV shows, whatever. If something's happening, something's on, like we've p- basically posted something up there about it. Or we have people in there as well who like to post different things. Um, and if you like Van Helsing, another show on sci-fi, we also have a dedicated Van Helsing fan, uh, pure fandom group over there where we have about 300 people, almost 300 pe- people. Yeah, and um. Yeah, it's a pretty lively group over there. We have a couple of the actors from the show that'll drop by sometimes, and you just post different things. Uh, the one that plays Scab, he drops in and just he just he's so much fun. He'll put pictures in or shout outs to like the cast and crew, and uh, he posted a story in there. Uh, I think last week it was very Halloweeny, so I'm going to talk about that on our um, Van Helsing podcast when we record that. All righty, I yeah, it's a great story. Uh, yeah. It is. <laughs> They have the most interesting venues that they film in. Oh, for sure. All right. So, and I was really curious, just going about from some of the stuff that we watched recently that we'll talk about on the other podcast. If you haven't listened to Van Helsing yet, let's talk about it. Go ahead and give us a listen over there, too. It's a really great show. Yes, definitely. Check it out. Watch it. It's great. So what was this one about? So this was the sixth episode of our short, short series for Noah House. It was titled The Hollow Girl, and that makes all the sense in the world. It was directed by Stephen Pite, and it was written by Nick uh, and Tosca. Jules goes back inside the Noah House, kind of like Dylan did earlier in the season, to rescue Margot, and together they must finally deal with Seth and the father to escape before it's too late. Before everything is gone and she can remember nothing, which is pretty much where she was at. She was getting there. She was kind of on the edge of where Dylan's wife was when he found her. But she still remembered Jules. The father didn't take everything. No, he was just taking little things that she was writing down her memories as, you know, he was feeding away on her. Yeah. And it turned out that he wasn't really the monster after all. It was really Seth. 
Right. Yeah. I, well, we kind of figured that a little bit because he yeah, just wasn't the, right. The father was more monstrous to me at the beginning just well, because of the whole cannibalism thing. Well, I think once he got a handle on his cravings and how he was being fed, that was when everything changed. Right. Right. And, you know, if an apple ever rolls out of a lake, don't take a bite of it because the fish might be fishing for us. <laughs> Very sound true. advice. Never, <laughs> never eat it. Don't take the apple. Actually, if an apple rolls towards you somewhere, just don't eat it. It's, It doesn't play out well. It never does. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we pretty much start off the episode with, with like you said, Jules, she's, lo- not Jules, Margo, she's basically losing everything because dad's taking all her memories and Seth is really comfortable in their new existence that they have together. He's happy about being in the no end house. He mm-hmm. likes like that atmosphere. He likes kind of having the run of things. But he doesn't um, have to work. You can't beat that. Or he does no work and then he doesn't have to worry about losing his memories because his people are fenced in as we find out later. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure are. Yeah, and um, I know last week you kind of mentioned the whole thing about the no-end house um, where it pops up every every year. So it seems like Jules has been basically scouring every message board she can find for the no-end house, and she finally caught sight of it. I guess it was a year later. Right. Yeah, Jules totally became Dylan, and this is what she did during the whole entire thing, except she did not carve into her arm and say, this is not real. Right, she didn't. She didn't really need to, so she was good to go. Um, and inside the Noah house, we found out that it kind of transforms based on wherever the house has moved. So I think they started seeing things in French. Right. Yeah. It's this. Well, they were walking down the street, um, and Margot was following them, and they kind of met up with Seth. And then all of a sudden, something happened, and that whole entire like alleyway changed because. You know, that's what he said. It's landed somewhere else, somewhere where they speak French. So we know we got the Quebec. Right. Right. And of course, it completely links back to when Jules, she goes and does all her searching. She finds that the house was sighted in Quebec. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And she she's shows on a, she's up. She's a woman on a mission. Yeah. She shows up. And who's there? Seth in line. Go figure. So he just. Yeah, because he's doing his thing where he has to lure people into the house so the house can eat. Yeah, that's so he's going out and doing that to everybody, and that's not them. This is this is his gig with the house. How mm-hmm. he kind of is. Well, he has his people locked up. I mean, he did admit that. He said he gave them everything he didn't want to remember. Mm-hmm. But he's going outside, conning people to come into the house, knowing that no one's going to leave. Right. So I think that's kind of why the house lets him get away with what he does. Because he's feeding it. He knows it's an organism and he's feeding the thing. So, Right. He, right. Otherwise, it would have done the same thing that the house was doing to other people where it was having the um, inhabitants turn on them. Exactly. But he does know, uh, also end up on the other side with uh, Jules, which is kind of interesting because we don't see that whole section of everybody going through the house. Because you imagine they're just like Dylan walking through it. Like, yeah, come on. Next room. Next room. Next room. Right. Right. Let's get through this. There's nothing you could show me I don't care about. Right. Because I think she came, she kind of overcame whatever fear she needed to overcome the second time she went through. Right. And Seth takes her over to this house, sucker punches her, and throws her in the basement. Yeah. Initially, I wasn't sure where he was going with this because uh, didn't he warn her, like, don't let 
don't let them find you again because next time they'll take everything. Yeah, that's what he said because since she'd yeah. been gone for so long, her uh, organism or whatever was after her will take everything from her since it's basically starving. It won't die. It's just hungrier. So as soon as it finds her, it's going to eat her, which is right. why he took her down there because she could take away Margot. Right. And that's not what he wants. But then again, of course, after she leaves him down there for the ball to come, we find out something interesting. The ball shows up, draws in Jules, but she is not the same person that she was when she was last there. Which she told Seth that too. She's totally changed. She knows everything, what the house is about now. So she's not really that worried about it. But that also makes you wonder, did she get her memories back of her parents and of her mother and her sister? Because we don't know where she is. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I I think if she gets those memories back, it'll be after this encounter with the house. Like, she was able to overcome her fear of the house at this point and kind of face it down. But it had still taken what it took. Did she? If that makes sense. So when she got sucked into her ball and then cut out, cut cut her way out of the ball, are you? I think at that point she was able to re, you know, remerge herself with her her memories or whatever. If at any point in time she could do it, that's when she would do it. Right. And it, like I said, it feels different from w- the way it was with everybody else. Because uh, with Dylan's wife, her memories were being taken by that guy. And then with Margot, her memories were, take- were being taken by the father. So I'm really not sure like how Margot may have gotten her memories back or if she did. I don't, I don't really think anybody left with their memories, honestly. Margot was writing down her memories in the book. So she would be able okay. to remember them. Um, right. Basically, it was she was doing the uh, Maisie Williams character from Doctor Who. I forgot what the name was. Who was living for? Who didn't? You know, I don't know if you saw that episode, but basically, she was living for so long that her brain couldn't remember everything, so she had to write everything down to remember it. And that makes sense. You can only fit so much into your brain, right? So I was just wondering if that was how. Margaret was being able to retain stuff just that she knew what she was forgetting. But then again, she doesn't actually take the books with her. So it's, she's kind of screwed that way. Anyhow. Yeah. I wonder like if he tried not to take the truly important or vital stuff. Well, he left Mar- uh, Jules. Right. And it seemed that she was the one that was picking the memories for him to take because she right. was telling him, you know, what memory it is. And, you know, we're there. And, and right after that happens, there's she's totally has no memory of it right but Margot also tells seth that she wants to destroy the house to save other people mm-hmm. and he's not down with that at all no seth really doesn't want her to close the door because you know he's feeding on her as much as a uh, dad is there this is true in a completely different way and i'm kind of wondering so we saw towards the end we saw the people that were in the cages and the other people that were coming outside of the house. So were those other chicks that he had romanced over the years and like basically had them fed on until there was nothing left? Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. That's when okay. Jules finally get caught up with Margot walking down okay. all badass covered in memory. Oh goop. my God. <laughs> just, she was amazing. She was just, you know, a memory goo. I don't care. And got her to come with him. Uh, got, uh, Margo to come with her 
that's mm-hmm. where she, you know, explained, this is you. This is another you. This is somebody else that he brought in has been hollowed out by whatever she was hollowed out by. And everybody in that cul-de-sac was a girl that Seth had done the same thing to. And as soon as Margot oh, okay. didn't have anything left, she would be in the cul-de-sac. Okay, because I was confused because at first he was t- like at one point when he was saying, yeah, we came in together and we were younger or something like that. I was like, right. wait a minute, what is he talking about? I'm so confused. So has she been in the house a couple of times? So no, that that way makes more sense. Yeah, he, he brought him in there and that was the whole thing. Just like these are all the women that he has fed off of, like the house. To get that family hmm. that he wanted, but, you know, they eventually go away. But this, right. uh, the other thing I found really interesting is he goes to Margot's dad to try to tell him that Margot is going to mess up the ecosystem. And John there doesn't even care if Margot does something rash. He has finally right. evolved to that point through the memories of her that he's realized what he's doing. Right. And I think with a way to, it, for her to get out, he's fine with that. Yeah. And I think with, taking her memories like though he's not her father he was able to become another version of her father and he he had some kind of caring for her in his own way Seth no Seth didn't care like he was just doing his own thing but I think the father did care and that's why he was willing to sacrifice himself so that she could get out and I think the reason behind that is the the fact that she was choosing the memories for him to take versus Mm -hmm. and everybody else that we've seen even the um there were some like two two episodes, I think when they were trying to leave the house the first time, we saw a woman come out of a house and you know yell at the kids it was time to eat, time for breakfast, mm-hmm. and the kids yep. came over and attacked her head. I mean, you know, right. ate out of her head. Versus, she's just willingly giving away whatever, but Margot is choosing what he's going to take, and I think by choosing the memories, he is you know he moved into that whole entire role of realizing what he was to her mm-hmm. and that just brought out some humanity from the clone of him or whatever that helped out okay yep i agree and that was the interesting part about how everything went with him at the end how you know when seth went after margo and seriously called her martian i'm like what's up with that man come on really you know <laughs> That was messed up. Yeah. And Jules, uh, uh, Margo's dad shows up, John, and sucker punches, uh, well, stabs Seth. Mm-hmm. Because, he, yeah, that was the whole part. That was the, I. he's fine with everything ending, and he, he can see now what Seth is doing to his, you know, quote, daughter. Mm-hmm. And that was the pain that he wanted to keep from her. And he said that before a couple times. I think that was the whole thing about it. He needed to get rid of Seth because Seth was causing her pain. And that was, you know, and technically he was causing her pain too. So he wanted to see things go better for her. Right. And that's when they opened the gate and Seth's family came out and sucked his brain dry. As they should have. And it kind of went full circle back to what he told Jules at the beginning of the episode. Like, if if you leave them hungry too long, they'll take everything. Well, he was already bleeding. So, yeah, they took everything there was. But this also leads to another question that I was kind of lost at. 
So as he's dying and being sucked up, we're seeing an overhead shot and that black goo that was mm-hmm. in the in room three mm-hmm. was forming on the road as it was just spreading out. What was that about? Like I don't. I think it was just another reflection of of the house itself with the with the black goo. I think that's beneath the surface what it really is. Or was it? If that makes sense. Yeah. I well, it was spreading out from where Seth was, and it was just. I that was the part that got me. It was almost like, is it searching for somebody else, or? Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure. Or is it all the stuff that was left in him that was being sucked out? There was a whole lot of questions on that one little scene that I was just like, I don't really know the good answer for that one. I don't either. It's just a whole lot of grossness going on, but it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's like the thing with the cannibals, right? And that's after Seth died, when he was there, all the women in the cul-de-sac turned around and walked back in the house. That was kind of cool. And it, it was interesting that they walked out, even though they had been completely hollowed out. Maybe there was still some kind of echo of the, the fact that he did this. Well, the one in the house that Jules was in, she goes, you know, right when Jules was getting ready to leave, she goes, is Seth coming back soon? Or when, mm-hmm. whatever like that. So they all know who Seth is because that's the only memory they actually have is Seth. And that's what she was drawing, okay. too. Because that one was just constantly drawing the only thing that she could draw, and I believe it was Seth. That's so messed up. Hey, uh-huh. Like, because Ain't it? whatever was drinking the memories or taking their memories, like, of course, they weren't taking him away. That's messed up. Oh, and, I'm and, glad he's gone. And that's the part of the uh, house. Player, that, player, player. Well, that's the part of the house, too. I think the house is letting that memory stay because he was feeding it. Mm-hmm. So this only means that somebody, uh, the house is going to choose somebody else to feed it. And how do Yeah, you, but um, they're not going to let the house survive. Well, are they? Uh, we well, don't that know. That wasn't that. the intent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we don't know that problem. I mean, well, before they get to that point. I mean, but I don't know how they would destroy it. They would have to burn it or something and blow it up. But there's going to be all those people around it. So, yeah, it's how are they going to destroy the house? Because it can just disappear. And you can't tell your story on the internet because no one's going to believe you. Exactly. And they're going to go, that's not a story. That's just a creepy paste story. Because this is based on... Or, again, they can be the new Dylan, and uh, when they next find out where it has shown up, they could just show up there and try to burn it down that way? I I don't know. I don't know how that will work. I wouldn't go back in that house ever again. They can't really go back in the house. Margo can't go back in the house. Okay, even though Margo's dad was fine with Mm -hmm. her stabbing him, and Mm -hmm. he fell into the pool, and he has the the weighted um, vase or whatever that fell down to keep him underwater... He's mm-hmm. not going to die. Seth, you know, he said that. He, as long as she's alive, she's he's not going to die. So if she ever went back into the house and he happened to get free, he's going to eat and her he's all He's not going to get free. Uh, but yeah. I'm, like he, that's, was it the cinder block? Right. Or if it was a, yeah. yeah, it was like a flower vase or something. He, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't say he's not going to get free because he's in a house that defies all logic. But I feel like he's at that place where even if he gets out, even if he gets away, like he's not going to go after her again. But if he's starving the whole entire time, he would. Because that's what happened to him at the beginning. He was starving and he kind of went crazy. So why didn't they just lock him back in the cage with the with Seth's old family? I, 
<laughs> I don't have an answer. I feel for like it. he's not going to get free out of the pool. Well, I have a feeling there's not going to be a part two of this that we're going to see. So this is true. This is true. I, I'm thinking that Margo's not going to go back into the house at all. I mean, there's no real reason to go into the house, but. And I agree. Like, just tell your story online. If nobody believes you, that's their fault. And they'll find out themselves. But the whole thing with Margo is the fact that she doesn't have any memories of nothing anymore. I mean, she's totally, she's done. Her memories of her mom are gone and pretty much everything except for Jules. And she'll have to start over. It'd just be like having a knock on the head. I think both of them were like that, though. I think they I think Jules spent the whole entire year trying to save her, so it's going to be a very different way for her. I think both of them are just going to be they're stuck together. They can't go anywhere. They're done, and they'll become the no end house vigilantes and <laughs> warn everybody. And they'll be the crazy people that everybody go like these people are crazy. Come on, let's go in. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Hey, look, uh, if I see anybody else have a haunted house and say, don't go in there, I'm going to believe them and I'm not going in there. Don't go in. Okay, I'm not going to that corn maze. Yeah, don't you go don't in have to cor- tell me twice. Yeah, I believe you. He who walks behind a rose will get mad at you. So don't do that. <laughs> now, one thing that so, happened yeah. at the end of this episode that did not happen at the last two times they left the house, there was an exit mm-hmm. sign when they left. Yeah, I think the house was ready for them to go. <laughs> because like, you've caused enough damage. Right, because the other time they just walked out and they were done. Now there's like this big glowing exercise and you can get out of our house now. You broke it. You're right. good. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find a new... Yeah, thing. now we have nobody to go scout ladies for us. You suck, ladies. Yeah. You suck. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, that was it. Great, uh, so, Brad, yeah. now now that we're at the end and you've read or you've listened to the creepy pasta stories just like this, uh-huh. like, tell us about some different versions. Like, or tell me one different version. Well, like, what's the difference? The, in, in the original version, and I'll find one and I'll post it up on our Facebook group page um, mm-hmm. this weekend or something. I'll let, make sure everybody can see this and I'll post it up there. On the original one, it was a plan to, if you could go through and, and make your way through, you could win like $500. And that was the big draw because everybody said, well, six rooms, I can make it through. And they mm-hmm. go through and, they're, and it's kind of like the house. Each time you go into a room, you stumble around until you find a door. And one of the rooms was like, you know, kind of like a woodland area or whatever. But it was, like, huge, and the whole thing is everything was done in first person. There's only, like, in one point of view, there's one person in the whole story who's going through the house. And he's like, I can't believe it was this long, and I feel like I've been in here forever and ever. And, yeah, very different than what we got. So there is a big change from what we got in this uh, six episodes versus uh, the original creepypasta that I heard and there's been a couple of variants out there, but yeah, it's worth it. I'll okay. post, I'll post something up there in our Facebook group. Yeah. Go ahead post. And I'm going to go list to, you said Mr. Creepy Pasta. That's the YouTube. Yeah. Mr. Creepy Pasta has some really good ones on, on YouTube. Okay. I'll check him out. And it is, but definitely- I'm scared to spoil myself for the next two seasons. <laughs> well, see, and that's the point that I don't know if you will. 
Because there are so many. Right. I mean, that's the whole right. thing. There are just so many of them that I'm not really sure you're going to miss anything. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's, things have changed. <laughs> this is the best way to put it. And okay. they just make things a lot different. So I don't know. Yeah. Go out there. Uh, check out Jeff the Killer, too. That's a good one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> There's there's a bunch of bunch of interesting ones, and then again there are some really horrible creepy faces out there that make no sense whatsoever. But yeah, so there okay. definitely as long good. as there's a good balance. Yeah, go go check some things out. It's it's out there. It's good. Uh, the Mister Creepy Paste uh, out there on uh, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just put it this way: this dude has like 1.2 million subscribers. Okay, so, this is good stuff here. So there you go. Definitely check it out. All right. You got anything else on this one? No, I, I just had a great time watching this. Again, I can't believe it was only six episodes. Like sci-fi is kicking some major butt. I know, really. It just seemed like a lot more. Oh, um, did you want to uh, promote the new show that you started watching that you want to replace this one with? <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't watched Superstition, watch it. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. It was pretty cool. I think it came on Friday night. It did. It just came on Friday night. We had the first episode that came out, and I believe it's on demand. And I th- thought, I'm pretty sure it was on YouTube or something else like that. I don't know. I watched it. I thought it was great. It was very different from a lot of things that have been on. Um, mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. <laughs> so They name-checked Sam and Dean Winchester? Yeah. I was excited. Like, I loved it. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff on it, so... Yeah. yeah. So um if Brad is if Brad wants to, we, we can cover it. I'll talk to him further behind the scenes. And if it pops up, come listen. Alrighty. That works. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, head on over to purefandom.com, check out some of the other stuff we got going on. We got Van Helsing right now and uh that other show. What's that other show called? Um Jughead and the band or no oh Riverdale. Oh, the Pussycats? Yeah, Jughead and the Pussycats. No, Riverdale, and that's the, the one that we're talking about. Yeah. So yeah. Court has yeah, Riverdale has been a lot of fun this season already. So we're gonna be talking about that as well. And keep an eye out for our Halloween special that'll be popping up soon. <laughs> we'll eventually get it out. It's been it's been <laughs> one of those times, so yeah. We had a creepy pasta happen to Court's computer here recently, so oh my god, she spilled creepy Don't pasta creepy all pasta over my computer. Yeah, it got all over into the keyboard, and it was just horrible. Oh, I was so scared, Brad. I was like, "Please no, <laughs> please not my Mac. Don't do this to me." You, you, well, you, I texted you. I was freaking out. Yep. But it's it's alive, thank God. It's alive, and I have my new external drive coming. So. Yeah. Well, that's good. Oh, out word of warning: If you follow me on Twitter, I do live tweet a lot, especially for uh, the Flash and Riverdale and a couple other shows. So, just a word word of warning. I don't like tweet that much because I'm usually late watching everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, until next time. Until next time, go check out more creepy pasta. There's a lot out there, and apparently, it's very interesting and very creepy. And don't go into the house either. Just don't do it. Mm-mm. Stay out of the woods. Stay out of the cornfields. Just stay home. Yeah. It's safe there. Well. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> That's it for this episode. Head on over to purefandom.com for more awesome content.